Welcome to Law Technology Now with host Monica Bay, Editor-in-Chief of ALM's award-winning magazine, Law Technology News. Hear the latest about technology for the legal community. If it's tech, it's a topic right here. And welcome to Law Technology Now, our May edition. It's amazing how quickly this year is already sailing by. Uh, I have a wonderful guest for you today, um, Chris Romano, who is in, featured in the current issue of Law Technology News. And he's the CIO of Warden Smith, which is based in New Bern, North Carolina. Chris, welcome. Thank you, Monica. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, I'm delighted that you could join us. And we're going to talk a little bit today about cloud computing and most specifically about your terrific article in the current issue of Law Technology News, where you kind of did a wonderful riff on something that was very controversial about almost 10 years ago now by a character who is well known among uh, the tech community, a fellow named Nicholas Carr. Uh, tell us first, Chris, if you would, who is Nicholas Carr and why do we care about him if we do? Uh, I think we should uh, care about Nicholas Carr, and, and I certainly did when um, his book, uh, which was written in 2004, Does IT Matter, um, came out. As, uh, as the article states, it began really as, a, um, as an article in the Harvard Business Review uh, and then morphed into to Carr's essential treatise on um, IT and the changing role of IT. Uh, and and really a, a a different look and perspective um, of IT as it as it was then, um, and he I, I think he really ruffled a lot of feathers by by daring to suggest um, that a lot of IT was commoditized uh, and that it it wasn't so specialized and it and more importantly and I think this is probably the, the main focus of of Carr's book uh, was that. Without some very specific actions by the folks making decisions in any in any IT organization, um, that IT wasn't offering a strategic advantage at all, and that's something I think most CIOs or certainly um, IT directors uh, in law firms hadn't really started to think about. And I think that really would threaten that that contingency because. In, in, in those days, they were, were selling IT to their law firms and getting budget lines for it with the argument that tech would differentiate themselves from their competitors, right? Yes. Uh, that, was, that certainly was part of the, of the business case presentation, if you will. And, um, and traditionally, that's, that's what we saw. Um, you know, these, these budgetary, uh, budgetary concerns, budgetary grants, if you will, um, to move forward in in implementing technology, and I guess part of the argument was, well, well, this technology will make us better. But I think for a lot of the business cases that were presented prior to Carr's book, um, I don't think we really strategically thought about how this is going to be better. We might have been parroting vendors, um, you know, who are always telling us that the, that the next latest greatest upgrade is is going to be better. Um, and revolutionary, right? Yeah. And, okay, then then now justify it. Tell us really how this is going to make the practice of law better. 
Well, you're not kidding about talking about the uproar because when I was going through the editing process, I discovered that the Harvard Business Review did a, I believe it was 17-page uh, special online edition with um, the the uh, fiery responses to the article, including, I think, two Harvard business profs who, who to put it politely, told him he was clueless. Uh, it was very, very interesting reading. Yes, it was. Um, the book was interesting reading, and the and the uh, response to it certainly was interesting reading. And, and I think it, I think it did start a very worthwhile discussion. And you can make that a bit more granular in applying it to CIOs and uh, and IT leaders in law firms um, too. Uh, but, but I, uh, you know, when the book first came out, I agreed with it, and and I certainly was in the minority uh, at that time. But but I agreed completely with with much of what Carr um, was saying that our our responsibility here um, is to is to differentiate the technology, um, and in doing so, provide a strategic advantage. And can we do that? Now, in this issue, you took that basic premise to a whole new level by factoring in the the buzzword of 2010-2011, which no, it is not revolutionary, but is cloud computing. Now, just in case we might have some folks in the audience who aren't familiar with cloud computing, why don't you tell us a little bit what it is and how at your firm, which has um, 80 lawyers and is operating in five offices, how you use it at Warden Smith to give a sense of context before we dive in and to find out what your inflammatory advice is. Sure. Uh, glad to do that. Um, you know, simply put, uh, the, the cloud um, is, is a euphemism for um, a place where we can either run applications or store data um, that by and large doesn't physically exist on our site. Uh, it is accessible via the web. Um, there are any number of, of different clouds. There can be private clouds. There can be semi-private clouds. There can be very public clouds like Google and Amazon. Um, and all of them exist um, basically to give you, I think, a little bit of leverage from the standpoint that you no longer have to make massive investments in proprietary hardware and software that has to live in one of your data centers um, uh, or one of your remote offices or all of your remote offices. Uh, this can all be done um, via an internet connection. And, the, and I guess the strategic advantage to that would be um, once your data or applications or both are running in the cloud, then you can be a citizen of the world. You, all you need is a browser. Um, you don't necessarily need real estate. You don't necessarily need signage or an office or anything like that. Um, you, are just, you are just a member of the, uh, of the cyber workforce, as it, as it were. At Warden Smith, um, we use the cloud for several different applications, most notably our document management system. Um, we implemented net documents for document management and email archiving, and we're in our third year um, of being a net documents customer, so we implemented that a short time ago. We use IntelliTeach um, Help Desk Ticketing Database uh, for our, all our Help Desk Ticketing. We haven't outsourced it to IntelliTeach. We just use that particular tool. Uh, Mimecast does our email uh, filtering. Um, and 
this is this is uh, this next item is something I think is in the cloud. But we use ADP for payroll processing, and who doesn't? Yeah. Um, at, at, on any different level, and that's probably the best the best generic example um, of what cloud computing um, really is. I mean, every everyone from the from the pizza parlor owner up to the mega firm probably outsources their payroll. Now, in the article, you go on talk about how this whole cloud movement, which theoretically usurps some of the traditional job roles of an IT staff, such as having to fix software, upload software, distribute software, deal with complaining people like Monica about software, suddenly those job tasks are gone. So what does that mean for CIOs? Are are they out of work? Should they be looking at monster.com and trying to find a new job? Um, you know, it's, that's a good point, Monica. It, in some cases, maybe so. And, and I don't know if I wanted this to be the, the real focus of the article. Um, but, but I agree. I think the, the cloud is going to, if, if not already, um, vastly change the role um, and dimension of the CIO and indeed IT staff. I don't necessarily think that all of us have to pack it in and go to Monster and start, you know, learning new skills and and saying goodbye to the CIO role in in law firms. Um, but I do think that the cloud makes the role of the CIO um, somewhat different. If, for example, uh, the CIO in a mid-sized firm um, is focusing too much on the operations end of things, um, day-to-day keep things running. And that's very easy to do in a mid-sized firm. You never have enough money. You never have enough staff. Uh, you're always kind of engaged in, in these, these operational items um, to keep things going. Uh, once you have made a leap to the cloud, um, a lot of that goes away. You have got to, you've got to come up essentially with a different set of management skills for your staff, for instance, because a lot of their tasks go away. Uh, so I don't necessarily think that CIOs and IT staff in general are going to be out of work, um, but the work and the focus certainly changes, and that's what we've got to be ready for. Um, certainly in some cases, yeah, you know what? They probably will be out of work. Um, I, I make the I make the point in the article that you know it wasn't that long ago that IT staff and law firms were reporting to a CFO. Um, certainly, that could happen again. Uh, if you get into uh, much smaller firms, and by small I mean from fifty attorneys on down, um, you may not need somebody actively directing IT. That could fall under the auspices of um, a firm administrator, uh, especially if you if you make the uh, if you uh, make the leap of faith and go all in to the cloud, um, data applications, um, managed resources, this kind of thing. You may not need any IT presence at all. Um, it's it's all either outsourced or or it's all either cloud based. And for an environment like that, and I'm and I'm not saying that that a lot of law firms are going to go in that direction, but certainly a lot of small firms could. Um, you don't really need an IT presence. Um, and and what happens if that kind if that kind of mindset spreads upward? Um, how do CIOs justify what they do? 
Well, my favorite mantra is crisis is danger and opportunity. And Chris, I want to come back and talk about the opportunity side of that. Uh, But first, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to hear from our sponsor, firm manager from LexisNexis. You've heard of firm manager. You've seen ads for firm manager. Now you can try firm manager free. For 30 days at www.myfirmmanager.com slash LTN. Firm Manager is the web-based matter management application from LexisNexis that lets you run your practice anywhere, anytime, including your desktop, laptop, mobile phone, or iPad. Take the free 30-day trial today at www.myfirmmanager.com slash LTN and spend less time focusing on clerical work and more time on practicing law. If you like listening to Law Technology Now, you might also like the podcast, The Kennedy Mile Report on LegalTalkNetwork.com. And we are back. I am Monica Bay, Editor-in-Chief of Law Technology News, and my guest today is Chris Romano, who is the CIO of North Carolina's Warden Smith. And we're talking about the current issue of Law Technology Now, and Chris, you have a very nice, provocative, and challenging article about what's happening to CIOs in the face of the increasing web-based or, as Microsoft says, cloud computing options. One of the things that we've been talking about a lot over the last year in in LTN is the idea of the need for IT professionals to align themselves with the business interests of the firm, to understand more about budgeting, to understand more about what the firm's goals are and how they're trying to accomplish it. How is this an opportunity for CIOs and their staff when some of the mundane tasks of monitoring software are no longer on their on their plate because of the cloud. Uh, I think it uh, I think it represents an opportunity for CIOs and the staff of uh, of IT departments um, to really be able to have some time now uh, to start looking at the business needs um, of the law firm. And and I think it it's a good um, it's a good intersection I think that we're coming to because clients of law firms um, are, are essentially doing the same thing um, they're they're making further demands on firms um, uh, whether that is alternative fee arrangements or you know further reductions in bills or this kind of thing uh, I think there's a golden opportunity for CIOs to start. Thinking more in terms uh, in terms of technology is something to be leveraged. Um, it's it's not just about wholesale cutting costs, although certainly that is part of it. Um, it's it's more focused, I think, or can be more focused uh, on how do you take any piece of technology, but but for our purposes, specifically cloud technology, um, how do we make the implementation of cloud technology at any given level in a firm um, more advantageous for attorneys um, and to make them more efficient. And I guess that's always been a struggle as a law firm CIO. How do you make attorneys more efficient? Um, How do you herd cats? Uh, I do think, though, the opportunity is there with certain pieces of cloud um, computing uh, to be able to show firm management, um, more or less. 
that some opportunities exist here uh, for us to operate more efficiently, um, to trim our operating costs, uh, and more importantly, to, to free up some technical personnel um, to probably focus a little bit more on legal-specific applications as opposed to office-specific applications and, and thereby find that leverage. In the article, you talk a little bit about, particularly about some interesting suggestions on hiring and retention. Uh, tell our listeners a little bit about how some of the staff could focus in this area. And again, getting back to our earlier concept of of helping the firm accomplish its overall goals. Certainly from a recruitment standpoint, um, I think cloud computing makes things a lot easier. Um, you know, it used to be whenever, whenever you recruited somebody, whenever somebody was coming in, um, or, you know, back in the days when, when law firms were merging willy-nilly uh, and taking on practice groups and this kind of thing, it, there used to be an attendant degree of difficulty in merging data. Um, in in acquiring data uh, from either somebody that was coming in as a recruit um, or from uh, from acquiring a practice group, uh, the cloud certainly makes that a lot easier. Even if you only need it on a temporary basis, um, if a practice group wants to join your firm overnight, it can be done by that morning. You can put them in the cloud. Um, as far as as far as office applications go, document management, documents uh, it themselves, and you can either stay there and manage things like that, or you so you can simply use it um, as an interim stop while you continue with data integration. But that happens a lot faster now, and and that's one of the ways I think CIOs can add value to the position of CIO is to start those conversations. Um, and it also addresses the danger component of my favorite proverb, because one of the things you point out in your article, if you don't do it, for example, there's younger competition out there that are getting out of law school, um, new lawyers, and the, the technology now enables someone to set up a virtual partnership and firm literally overnight. So if, as you point out, if you're not, if a firm is not being cognizant about this stuff, they could have an entire practice group walk off and, and be functioning the next day. Uh, talk a little bit about that, if you could. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think, that, again, that's one of the conversations that law firm CIOs should start to have. And, and again, it's one, of the, and it's one of the ways that the role, I think, of the CIO um, is changing and becoming more strategic if the CIOs make it more strategic. Um, but, but to go back to your point, yeah, it's, it's very much a double-edged sword. Um, we can enable quicker, better, faster acquisition of talent um, via what's available to us in the cloud. Um, similarly, we can lose talent a lot quicker um, by what's available in the cloud as well. Um, Absolutely. They, you know, they can, they certainly could, you know, walk off the next day um, and, and absence, you know, conflicts and stuff like that. Uh, they could be ready to go. Uh, the point about kids getting out of law school, um, it's not a great time to be a baby lawyer right now. Um, there still aren't uh, opportunities like there were four or five years ago. So if you want to be a lawyer, uh, then one of the avenues open to you is getting together with two or three of your law school buddies and 
you can put together the virtual firm and you can put it together fairly quickly. There, there's case management in the cloud. Obviously, there's document management in the cloud. There is the whole office suites to take advantage of in the cloud. Uh, it's not that much money. On a per-seat basis, um, it really is um, very efficient and very affordable. Uh, and throw in, you throw into that that you know you don't have to have any real estate costs either. There's our competition. And you gave me the perfect segue into our cover story of the of the current issue, which addressed how what cloud offerings are out there for practice management for small firms, and it was really fascinating because. For starters, there's a fair amount of tools that are just generic small business tools. But even in the legal-specific market, there's an amazing number of practice management tools. Uh, We talk about uh, LexisNexis uh, Firm Manager, uh, Rocket Matter, uh, Clio, and some of these systems that... um, It's just amazing to me as I was editing this story to see what has become available that for my five minutes as a solo practitioner was nowhere near what I could do. Um, What's your sense of this growing role for not just practice management software for smaller firms, but um, other tools that the mobility tools and how is that in your experience at a large small firm, I would say 80 is, is, probably in the in the middle of the mid-sized firm. But how has that changed your role as an IT director and your lawyers and other legal professionals who are using tech? Any anything in particular regarding the cloud or mobile that you see as really coming to the forefront now? The biggest difference I think that we have seen is that um our our own uh cloud foray, if you will, has really increased the uh, collaboration among attorneys and clients. Um, it, it is very easy to create a net binder um, in net documents, which essentially is an external collaboration piece. Uh, and it is fully controlled um, by either the IT staff or the attorney involved, so it's very secure. Uh, we've seen a, a huge increase in that. Um, so obviously that was that was ready to happen, and and it wasn't happening prior to um, us going to the cloud. Uh, I think that's made a big difference. Uh, and the whole seen, mobile thing is uh, amazing. Yeah, uh, we've also seen an, an increase in attorneys wishing to be mobile, um, and and not so not just mobility from you know from home or vacation or hotels or court or or wherever. Uh, but also in and among our five offices, there's a fair amount of, of travel there. And now there's, uh, there's more of a willingness, if you will, I guess, to do that. I was just going to say, I think, that, um, I, I think that one of the things that, uh, that um, this issue brings to the forefront is the, uh, the ability for small firms and solo practitioners to become instantly competitive for bargain basement prices. 
I think you're absolutely right. And I would say before we close, my, my favorite discovery being we, we're a Verizon shop at ALM and I, and I finally got an iPhone, which I've been coveting forever. And my favorite thing out of it is I don't have to pay hotel connectivity anymore because my iPhone has a, a built-in hotspot for five people. And boy, did we use that at Legal Tech. Everybody was crowding on the LTN team, all sharing my, my little hotspot. But that's the subject for another day. And Chris Romano, I want to thank you tremendously for coming. It's been just, we could easily talk for three hours, if not more, on this topic. If someone wanted to reach out to you, what's the best way to get a hold of you? The uh, best way to get a hold of me is probably by email, and that is C, S as in Sean, R, at wardandsmith.com. Um, or just uh, just go to the website, wardensmith.com. Um, all, all of the information is there. Uh, and by all means, if you want to talk about cloud computing or anything else, please feel free to give me a ring. Well, thank you again. I want to remind everyone that there are three ways to listen to the Law Technology Now podcast. You can reach us at www.lawtechnologynow.com. You can always find us at the Legal Talk Network, www.legaltalknetwork.com. Dot com, And as I always say, because we are so cool, we're on iTunes. Well, I want to give my normal shout outs and thank yous. Uh, first to our sponsor, Firm Manager from LexisNexis. We much appreciate you. And finally, to our teams in New York at ALM. It is David Jasper, David Snow, and Jill Winward in Boston, the Legal Talk Network team with Kate Kenny, Lou Ann Reeves, Scott Hess, and Mike Hockman. And to remind you, as always, remember, there's no crying in baseball or technology. I'm Monica Bay, and we'll join you again in June. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Law Technology Now is produced by the broadcast professionals at the Legal Talk Network. Thanks for listening. Join Monica Bay for next month's podcast on the technology issues affecting the legal profession today.